Welcome to the Damn Good Dogcast. It is Friday, and boy, do we got a show for you. Got Chris over here from the Spurs Up show, and we're talking South Carolina football today. Chris, welcome to the show. Hey, man, I appreciate you having me on. It's a pleasure. Like I said, it's crazy. We're coming up on the spring game. I know Georgia's already played theirs, and it's wild, man. We're about to go into summer, go into the offseason. Before you know it, kickoff's going to be here. I know we absolutely cannot wait. So, I, again, oh I appreciate goodness. you having me on. It's always a good time to talk college football, man. Man, I you know what I I agree with you. Um, you know, spring games. You know, like you said, yours has actually got moved to Sunday. Um, mm. We were talking before the show. Um, you know, and, and I think you know for South Carolina fans, I, I'm I'm curious to see how you feel about this. So I'll add, this will be the first question. It's a new season, and you know, from a Georgia fan looking in, you know, from the outside looking in, toward the end of last season, it kind of looked like the the Gamecocks kind of looked had this defeated feel. Uh, had this defeated vibe on them. You know, it's it's always a good new fresh start. Obviously, y'all got new, um, you know, head coach with Shane Beamer down there. You know, mm. what is what is your thoughts and, and expectations, and what are you feeling like, uh, you know, with uh, the spring game coming up Sunday? Well, I was going to say it's hard not to feel down and out and defeated when you had a season like South Carolina had last year. You know, I remember, I'll never forget, specifically, you have a three-game stretch where you give up 159 points defensively. Um, and you just lost complete hope in in the program and, and Will Muschamp and his leadership. And I know, ironically enough, he is now at the University of Georgia. So <laughs> that's kind of life comes full circle. But, yeah, I mean, it, it's tough not to get down on that point. But I think that the, the program got a nice shot in the arm, obviously, and, and got what it needed when it hired a guy like Shane Beamer. You know, throughout the coaching search, um, culture was the word that kept coming up over and over again. And, and, you know, for a lot of schools, I don't know that that would have been the most important thing. You know, maybe X's and O's or maybe something else would have been important. But for South Carolina, you know, it's such a unique place, a special place. We all know the challenges it presents, right? It's not the easiest place to win. It's it's not like a Georgia that has tradition and has a recruiting hotbed. And it's a place where I think at minimum you should be winning 10 games a year. There's really no excuse. At South Carolina, it's a much different challenge. And I think they needed to get a guy who embraced that, number one, and understood that, number two. And I think she, think Shane Beamer certainly was that guy. And I know Gamecock Nation's been very happy with that hire. So, listen, they're in the honeymoon phase right now, but I'd say it's been a very very successful spring practice. Uh, the overall morale around the program and the vibes around the program are much greater, much higher. You're seeing all these you know, former players, these former Gamecock greats voice their support and come back on campus, guys like Alshon Jeffrey and DJ Swearinger and Melvin Ingram and, of course, Marcus Lattimore and Connor Shaw still on staff and – Pat DeMarco's on staff. I mean, you're seeing these Gamecock legends that really built Carolina football into what it is today or got it to the promised land, if you will. And again, Shane Beamer, the value of the fact that he was on staff, you know, I, I, I made this point earlier to somebody else, but 2011 to 13, I don't think any of us would argue those are the best teams in school history, but there's only one team that's ever gone to Atlanta, and that's 2010, and Shane Beamer was part of that staff. So, again, I think having him as the head coach, I, I think it was a great move. I think it was the right move. I mean, listen, there's certainly questions, right? He's never been a head coach before. So, I mean, we have no idea how that's going to play out on the field necessarily, but it's been the shot in the arm this program needed. Again, the overall morale, the overall vibes of the program, um, you've seen that since the day he was hired, and certainly throughout spring ball. And I think it's been a very successful spring. And I know fans are just really excited to, you know, it's a spring game. It's not a game day necessarily, but fans are really excited to get their first glimpse, their first look at what a Shane Beamer-led football program looks like on the field, and they'll get that on Sunday. Yeah, I know, uh, you know, looking back on it, obviously when you hear Beamer, everybody thinks the legendary Frank Beamer up in uh, Blacksburg. Right. So he's got that pedigree there. Obviously, this is I think this is his first head coaching step. So it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. I know he was with Georgia a little bit, moved to Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. uh, obviously, he was up there with his dad in uh, Blacksburg as well. So, you know, obviously with the Georgia coach at South Carolina. But he, like I said, he has Georgia ties, so we do try to keep up with that. So mm -hmm. when you look into that, you know, obviously I think – it, it, you do get that sense of optimism, right? I remember when Kirby right. came in uh, after we let go of Rick. You always have that feel of, you know, you kind of get that honeymoon. But for me, I felt optimistic. I felt kind of skeptic at first. Like I knew Kirby was a good defensive coordinator. 
uh, obviously with the Bama and the championships there. But, we, you know, it was just interesting to feel because you always don't know what to expect. Um, yeah, and so looking at Sunday, I know uh, what is your ex- what are, what's the expected attendance there? You know? uh, Fifteen thousand. So they okay. they or- originally uh, put it at nine thousand. Uh, since then, expanded to fifteen thousand. I, I think with with all the COVID stuff loosening up, and again, I, I'm certainly not the guy to ask about all that stuff. I'm, I'm not an expert. That's kind of above my pay grade. But no, they they expanded it to fifteen thousand with things moving in a positive direction in that regard. And they've also expanded. Uh, baseball capacity at founders park to even 50 percent so which we love to see and i i think obviously as you know you know georgia fan the entire sec i think the the goal and the expectation is we're going to be at full capacity in the fall which is i know doesn't matter who you're a fan of that's what we all want we want to see packed stadiums again and rowdy tailgates and yeah all that so but yeah fifteen thousand fans will will be there sunday so that's you know honestly looking at it this way uh you know we had i want to say it was like twenty thousand. i think it was Mm. but nonetheless you know, you, you have this feeling of normalcy, right? Even if it is a limited capacity, because last year we didn't have spring games. We didn't even have an off season. So you look into that and. Right. You know, I've never been looking so forward to a spring game after last year, man, <laughs> after just completely what. losing it, man. I, I'll never take spring ball for granted ever again. It's the small things, ain't it? Like it's, it's, yeah. it's yeah. weird. Yeah, it's, you know? I, I joke, I joke to somebody, I don't know if you're a Braves guy cause you're a Georgia oh, yeah. fan, but oh, no, yeah, no. I I'm, I'm a Braves guy too. And I, I joke to somebody, you know, the MLB season is so long and at times you feel like it drags out, but I was like, man, after losing sports last year, I will never take for granted a seven Oh five first pitch. <clears throat> Braves Phillies in the middle of July ever again, you know? Yep. So. No, I, I completely, I think, you know, I, I think you look at COVID and, and the whole situation, right. And, you right. know, it kind of takes it for granted. Mm. And, you know, I was, I was talking with a couple guests in previous shows and we were talking about how COVID impacts, um, you know, recruiting. I, I love mm. recruiting. I, I love it. I just eat it, eat it, eat it all the time if I could. So, you know, with the recruiting landscape right now, obviously the big news, June 1st, Mm-hmm. open it back up, right? The official visits can go down. I know Georgia fans are super excited, and I'm just, I'm honestly more excited for the kids. Yeah. Um, I was talking with uh, Brock Vandegrift's dad on a previous mm-hmm. show uh, and, and how they navigated through that, right? Because his class for the 2021 class, they, they didn't have official visits. They didn't even have unofficial visits technically. Right. Um, so it was it was definitely something interesting to see how they navigate it through that. But obviously now you look at June 1st and it comes back to normal. Yeah. And obviously like, you know, looking into the recruiting aspect, I'm, I'm sure that South Carolina is going to have some, has some real big names coming in. Yeah. Uh, I was looking into it. Uh, what's the kid's name? Um, Antonio Williams from Dutch Fork. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a big um, target. For he's them. expected Sunday. <clears throat> and, and honestly, uh, and I'm not, I'm not trying to bash this, but with your recruiting class, the way it is, where it is now, yeah. If you pick him up, that's a huge boost. Yeah, a huge oh, yeah. boost. So yeah. you know, I'm looking at I'm looking at this, and you see all these kids coming in. I, well, the move to Sunday probably hindered this a little bit. You know, are there any names that you know for South Carolina fans if they're listening, who should you expect to be there? Do you, As, have, any, do you have any list of that yet? Yeah, I mean, not not necessarily for Sunday, but I, I want to go back to the point that you made about June first and the dead period. Anything? I mean, that, that's definitely huge for all schools and. I mean, like you said, you're asking kids to make life-altering decisions when they've never even been on campus. I mean, that's tough, right? That's really tough. I, I think it's definitely, though, huge for South Carolina and, and Shane Beamer especially because the Gamecocks, again, you don't have that tradition to sell. You haven't recently had on-field success to sell. But what you can sell is that pretty shiny ops building. What you can sell is the game day experience at South Carolina because I think you'd probably agree it's unique. And when Williams Bryce is rocking, it, it's one of the best atmospheres in all of college football, in, in my humble opinion. But uh, – Getting guys on campus, getting them in the building, getting getting them in that ops building, showing them that, you know, when you're competing against a school like a Georgia or like a Clemson, and of course, South Carolina is sandwiched between those two, um, you know, it's about showing kids, especially those in-state kids that, hey, you know, you don't have to leave the state to achieve everything you want to achieve in, in college. You know, you can go to a school, get a great education, you're going to be in this beautiful facility, and you can win here. You know, we have a coach that's done it here before. We're bringing back these foreign players that can that can preach that to you, that, hey, you can do it here. If you want to stay here in-state, you don't have to go to Georgia. You don't have to go to Florida. You don't have to go to UNC or, or Tennessee or whatever it may be. You can stay in-state and achieve all of your goals here. Again, get a great education, 
have the college experience, and you can win football games and do it at one of the best facilities in the country. So right now, I mean, I don't have a list as far as guys. that'll. I don't think anybody will be there Sunday. But I know that Shane Beamer and staff are working very hard right now. They're putting together the list for the, the official visits. I feel like <clears throat> every single school has been doing that, kind of getting ready and gearing up towards that. But, uh, no, I, I think you can't overstate how big of a deal and how important that's going to be, not just for every school, but especially a school like South Carolina, where, again, I think that's going to be probably like that and playing time are going to be the top two things they're going to sell to a kid. So I think it's going to be really, really important. And again, we, we saw in recruiting with Shane Beamer. I mean, everybody expected that first recruiting class is going to be brutal. I mean, it really wasn't his class. You know what I mean? He, he comes on campus with – with two months to do a job that other coaches have been working on for three, four, or five years. You know what I mean? So I, I don't hold I don't hold that, you know, the 2021 signing class against him. You know, they hit the transfer portal. They did all they could to get guys that are going to be impact players. I think you'll start to see the recruiting return back to normalcy this year for South Carolina with the top 25 class. I, I think it will happen. Um, because the Gamecocks, again, it's it's crazy. No matter who the coach has been or the lack of success. They've always seemed to recruit at a top 25 clip. I mean, they really haven't had much trouble and much issues doing that. And, again, that wasn't Will Muschamp's problem in Columbia. It was everything else. So, you know, it's about getting the talent on campus but also developing it, and that's what Shane Beamer was hired to do, and that's what he'll try to do in Columbia. Yeah, and I know um, kind of talking about your point here with the recruiting aspect, you know, you look at Beamer coming in, obviously, this year, and, you know, from an outside standpoint, it's kind of the hardest time to be – introduced as a new head coach mm-hmm. because you're trying to get your recruiting class set up, but you, you know, really you have to try to build relationships through zoom, you know, things mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. So tip and like you're, and you're right. South Carolina has been around that top 25 level, if not mm-hmm. just outside of it. Right. Yeah. So I expect them to come up there and you know, it, it's going to happen. It's just, things mm-hmm. are slow right now. Obviously, like I said, new head coach in, in these times is it's brutal because you can't really build those relationships as, as well as doing it in person. Yeah, to that to that to that point on the recruiting side of things, I, I'm going to give my guy a shout out. I, I talked to my guy last preseason. I'm sure we'll speak again, but Pick Six Previews, who does a really really good job on on social media, he puts together a preseason magazine. But one of the the most intriguing rankings I saw in the preseason last year was basically, and I forget exactly what he calls it, but he has like a calculator which basically equates, you know, over a five to ten year span, whatever the the level to which you recruited your recruiting rankings versus your win total. And basically, it's a formula to are you getting the most out of your talent. South Carolina, I think, ranked 74th out of 76 teams he ranked. So, again, recruiting has not been the problem. It's been getting the most out of the talent that they get on campus. And, again, that was maybe the biggest knock of the previous regime. And, really, I think that is what Shane Beamer has been hired to do is develop players. Because at South Carolina, at least right now, you're not going to recruit at a top 10 clip. You're not going to recruit at a top five clip. We all know that. But Steve Spurrier even showed it. I'm not comparing Shane Beamer to Steve Spurrier, but I, I think yeah, it's South Carolina. Good. Yeah, I think it's South Carolina. You can still win with top 25, top 20 classes, but you better be a damn good developer of talent and you better have a good eye for it because people love to talk about, you know, some of the best players in South Carolina history were three stars. And that's a fact. I mean, guys like Connor Shaw, the best quarterback in school history. DJ Swearinger turned out to be arguably the, the most – I mean, you see him behind me, the, the, the most decorated defensive back in school history. I mean, yeah. it's it's possible. Melvin Ingram, you know what I mean? But you got to be able to develop that talent if you're going to hang your hat on that. That's what you have to do at South Gunn. And, again, that's why Shane Beamer was hired. Yeah, I mean, you look at you – know, obviously, you look at him at Oklahoma, right? So, one of the things – obviously, Muschamp leaves, you know, he gets ousted, obviously comes here as a uh, senior analyst for Georgia. You know, one of the things I looked at, with South Carolina was uh, with with Muschamp being there. It, defensively, it was not a bad issue. It was the offense, mm. and, yeah. and and that kind of ties into his defensive coordinator history. Yeah. You know, until until the final season, until the final season. Well, yeah, well, yeah. yeah. No, I mean, I have to agree with you on that one. But you know, obviously, and like you said, the recruiting, it, it's hard to it's it's literally hard to recruit it. these. You know, not less. I would say lesser known. I guess you there. It's known. But it's not like you said. It's not your Florida. It's not your Georgia. Your yeah. Alabama. Not as established so, a program. Don't have the tradition. Yeah, all the all the challenges yeah. we all know about. Yeah. So, I mean, but you look at you look at it though. In your defense, you know, with Muschamp there was pretty good right. uh, for several years. And you look at the recruitment. <clears throat> this is where I, I think Georgia fans kind of forget about this. Uh, two big names that we were looking at in previous years. I want to say the last couple of years, Jordan Birch. 
Uh, you know, you look at Jordan Birch's recruitment, obviously goes to, you know, stays in home, uh, stay, or stays in the home state, I guess. And then, you know, Marshawn Lloyd. Uh, so those were a couple names that I think are making pretty big impacts so far. Um, you know, and Zach Pickens was another one. Zach Pickens was a yep. damn good player too, still yep. is. And I know yep. he's making an impact on, you know, on the defensive line for y'all. Mm-hmm. So obviously you can tell that, you know, he did a good job recruiting. Yeah. I mean, they, you look at the roster this year. I mean, they, they recruited very well on the defensive front because I would argue, yeah. you know, the defensive line will probably be the strong suit of this football team. I think it's probably the best position unit on the field for South Carolina. So certainly, yeah, on the defensive side, I mean, there were, you know, J.C. Hornish and McQuamu. I mean, they, they, they got their fair share of good athletes. And of course, last year just kind of fell apart, spun out of control. But yeah, to your point, like you said, recruiting. I don't feel like was at least the number one issue. There were other things that were the problem, like you mentioned. Yeah. Now, you know, like I said, looking into it now, you, you're talking about developing players, and I think mm-hmm. Emmer can do that. I, I really think he can. Uh, saw what he did with you know Virginia Tech, obviously at Oklahoma and Georgia as well. I think he's. I think he is a good fit for uh, you know the school. Uh, just got to see what happens. And and I think the hard part about you know taking a head coaching job in the SEC is. You know, whether you're in the East or in the West, you're going to play powerhouse teams. Oh, yeah. And and, as, <laughs> and, you know, and, and when especially when your rival's Clemson. Yeah, you're, you're – oh, oh, man. Yeah. I'll, t- I'll, I'll tell you a little <laughs> personal story here. So, I was yeah. stationed in Charleston uh, down mm. at the Air Force Base for five, six years. And I, I, coming home, I'm in North Carolina. So, for me, I would take 26 to 77. You know these routes, right? 26 to 77, right, right, yeah. 85. Of course, of course. And I'll, I'll tell you what. I don't – I had an extended weekend. It was a Thursday night. Thursday night, mm. I, I hit 26 and I turned on the, um, you know, the 77 exit five. Mm. You sit there at nighttime from the 77, you see Williams Bryce. You can see it at, in the daytime and especially at nighttime. It was the night y'all played Clemson. I want to say 2013, maybe. Yeah, I was at that game. Yeah, I'll tell you what, man. Incredible it night. Spect- it is a spectacle, and, mm. and obviously, obviously, we have Sanford Stadium, but Williams Bryce is it's 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 its own little like city. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it, it's interesting. It's unique because it's you know, which I thought this was so cool. You know, the first time I got to go to Sanford, and I mean, I, you know, I, I'm not one of those fans that like, you know, do I like Georgia? No, but I, I think Athens is is awesome. I think it's gorgeous. I've been, I've, I've had my fair share of fun nights out there. And I can tell you, it's it's a good time. Um, but yeah, it's, it's South Carolina is definitely unique, man, with the stadium. How it's you know, Sanford and Clemson, they're kind of nestled in the campus and Willie mm-hmm. B is just like, I mean, it stands out, you know, you can't, you cannot miss Williams Bryce when you drive by it. So no, uh, it, no, it no. You, certainly you, a spectacle, especially, especially when it's especially lit up. Yeah. Especially when it's lit up. I remember that game had one of the, I think that was with Spurrier was still there. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. You know, that was a hyped up game. Obviously. And, and trust me, obviously I'm from North Carolina, but when I was stationed there, I never understood this right beforehand. I never understood how much, how people could, you know, I always thought it was funny, but how can people uh, pull for a fighting chicken? But until I got to Charleston. Hey, like the hat says, an ass kicking chicken. Hey, fair enough. <laughs> no, so, you know, obviously, you t- you know, obviously I didn't really realize that. So you get stationed in South Carolina mm-hmm. and you see the hatred between Clemson and, and South Carolina. And you're like, oh, shit. Like, this is mm-hmm. people take this shit serious. Like, and, you know, it's just interesting to hear it. But um, it, it was just fun, right? But uh, and I've been into Columbia as well. Uh, been been there several times. It's an mm-hmm. interesting little city, especially oh, yeah. for the state capital. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it, it's great. I mean, I live here, man. I, I live right between the baseball and the football stadium, and I mean, I love it, man. Right in the middle of the action. Obviously, for what I do, it's fantastic. But uh, no, Columbia is a cool place, man. And you know, I, I I especially hate when I hear people say, "Oh, you know, being in a city it hurts us in recruiting." I'm like, why? I mean. I mean, and no knock to like Athens or a place like Clemson, but it's like, why? I mean, I think both have their advantages. You know what I mean? And it's not for everybody. It's it's not going to be for everyone, but there's plenty of selling points about being in a city with things to do and places to go. And, you know, you, you're going to build connections and relationships beyond the field of play. And, you know, I don't know. I mean, you know, maybe I'm a little biased, but. South Carolina's doing good in baseball, too, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Too. Yeah. They're uh, ranked 11th right now. Yeah. Um, yeah, ranked 11th and lost game one last night to Arkansas, but Arkansas, the number one team in the country, and they got the doubleheader today. And, hey, the last three weekends, South Carolina baseball's lost game one and came back to win the games, games two and three. And 
one of those times is against Georgia. So, I mean, this team has just proved that they seem to love to have their backs against the wall. So hopefully today will be a repeat of that. But, uh, yeah. no, I mean, it's it's a fun time in, in college sports and especially Gamecock country with this weekend with baseball going on because obviously I'm a, I'm a big baseball guy. But, you know, especially football, the podcast we dropped this morning was a complete spring game preview. And, and like I said, for fans to get, you know, because I think you and I would probably both agree. I mean, the spring game, you know, it is what it is. You, you don't draw conclusions from the spring game, God forbid. You, you don't, you know, come out of that saying, oh, we need to fire a defensive coordinator. Like, you know, some fans do, oh, I guess. But, I, Jesus yeah, I, I think I, I think you're going to drive yourself batty if you do something like that. But, uh, no, for fans to get their first glimpse of Shane Beamer and his program on the field of play, because we've been, we've been kind of teased, I feel like, you know, since he got here with all these – the social media clips and the videos and the media department's done a great job promoting it, but to actually be there in person, which I will be, and actually see the product on the field. Um, yeah, really looking forward to that. Really looking forward to it. Yeah, talk about your point taken away from a spring game, right? I don't know if you mm. were aware of this. You probably saw this. The mm. um, rubbing the rock, right? The Clemson yeah. page. Did you mm. see that article? Uh, oh, the uh, talking about the uh, – the, the basically – Oh, I did not see about Georgia D-Day. They did write one about South kind of basically saying that we staged an NFL head coach to talk good about our ops building, which is like <laughs> the most absurd. I mean, I just don't understand how bored you have to be. Because, like, I, I don't know if, you know, I had somebody tell me this one time, <clears throat> and people said, like, Chris, you don't really talk about Clemson ever. And I'm like, why would I? Like, I, I, how I, there is there just nothing going on where, like, we need to, like, I mean, if Clemson does something stupid, then sure, we're going to highlight it and laugh at it. But, like, to just go out of your way to reach so hard to try to pull down your rival, it, it just – I mean, especially like when you're on the Clemson side of things and y'all have been winning. There's so many things you could do and you choose to go that route. I mean, so please entertain me. I'm, I'm sure their, their article about Georgia was also okay. absurd. So I'll give you a – I'll give you a, a, let's just say that's a brief rundown, right? So the article right. basically was just talking about how – Clemson was way better than Georgia in every almost every aspect as it stands right now, based mm. off of the G Day, uh, what what they saw. Um, oh, you gotta and, love that. And, and, you, and you know this as well as everybody in the NCAA. Georgia fans and Clemson fans are obviously we're looking forward to September fourth. Oh yeah, and it's gonna be. I'm, hey, I'm, I'm looking. I'm looking forward to that game. It's gonna be a hell I of a mean, game. I think, I think you look at it as the biggest game of the year, especially right oh, yeah. season. Yeah, um, absolutely. So obviously, and plus we have a rivalry with them as well. Not so this is this today. is. I'll tell you this: that's going to be a game where you know we're here. We're you know the chatter started up again. It's it's hey, it's been Georgia's year every year since 1980. Um, but if it is going to be Georgia's year, I think that's when you got to win, right? I mean, I, I think that's probably how oh. dog fans are looking at it. Well, yeah, and, and I mean, I know you're not. I know you don't cover Georgia, but you know we look at it this way. Obviously, we want to beat Clemson. <clears throat> There's no question about that. Obviously, right. 2013, 2014 was the last series with them. We split it. Mm. Um, we took 2014, obviously, which was, you know, obviously mm. we have that saying that, hey, we beat you last. I, I was actually in Sanford for that game. I didn't go in the game, but I, that, that was one of my uh, my fun nights in Athens. We'll put it that way. <laughs> yeah. So, that, I mean, that game was fun. Mm -hmm. Obviously, we had Gurley that moment with the kickoff return oh, yeah. and stuff like yeah. that. But, you know, move, looking forward to now, right? So, mm. you know. I'm trying to be as realistic as possible when it comes to this game. And, you know, I don't want to – you have to respect Clemson because of what they're able to do, right? Mm. And people are – you know, I'm hearing some Georgia fans like, oh, Clemson ain't going to be shit. They lost Trevor. They lost Travis Etienne. And I'm like, no, I don't think you understand. Like, Clemson is still going to be very good. It's going to be a very good game. So, obviously, you have to kind of tell those people to kind of, hey, look, don't sleep on them just because you think they lost Trevor and Travis – even though Trevor and Travis was amazing to watch. Mm. Just saying, it's still going to be the most anticipated game, but you, oh, yeah. you look at Clemson, and, and we look at and Georgia fans thought it was just firing the first shot. Obviously, it was. Because, hell, even not just Georgia fans, but people were like, really? Like, like that's a hot take for sure. Mm. But, yeah. you know, obviously, Georgia's in a good state. <clears throat> I think – Yeah. I don't want to make it sound something like, you know, too homerish, but we're in a situation now where I think we have the offense to – push it to the next level, get to the playoffs. Uh, in, in the past, you've seen this. We, we've always had that run-first offense. Oh, yeah. Um, and it got you so far. But now that the game's evolved, I think you've seen this. If you just kind of even look here, you know, take the USC hat off and look at the NCAA, the game's oh, yeah. changed, and you have to have yeah. that high-power offense. <clears throat> yeah, the teams that win the national title typically are scoring 40 points a game. I mean, just bottom line. D, D, you know, the, the old adage of defense wins championships – 
it only goes so far these days. I mean, you, you certainly, you know, Alabama, I thought they, 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 they suffocated Ohio State to a degree, but they also scored, what, like 45. So, I mean, you, you got to have that. You, you do. You're not going to win games 20 to 17. You know, we all see like the, the college flashbacks of like Georgia, Tennessee with David Pollock and they're winning the game 17 to 14. Like, that's just not happening. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like that, that. Or, or when South Carolina played Georgia and it's like 13 to seven, like that's just not happening anymore. You know, so oh, no, you got to score. You got to score to win, man. Everybody's fighting that. Hey, Shane Beamer said the same thing. You know, he, he was complaining after the last scrimmage of lack of explosive plays. And he's like, you know, I come from Oklahoma. You know, maybe I'm spoiled, but a lot of explosive plays. And that's just what it takes to win. So yeah, I, gonna, I'm hoping, if nothing else, I'm, I'm definitely hoping to see that in Columbia, man, because if nothing else, you know, it's going to make Gamecocks football fun to watch. And I mean, I think, if, you're not, you're if, you're right. not, if you're not, if you're not going to compete for titles, you got to at least make the product entertaining. You, you have I mean, to, you know what I mean? Honestly, like, you look at Spurs, that's what he did, really. Yeah, and I Spurs and I look like – I look at a guy like Lane Kiffin last year at Ole Miss. Was Ole Miss a good football team? No, not particularly, but, damn, they were fun to watch, you know? Well, I, mean, you, I think you if Shane Beamer can just do that – Alabama, so. Yeah, if, if Shane Beamer can just do that, it's going to be a massive improvement over what we'd seen the past – the previous five years. I mean, I'm sure he learned some things from Lincoln Riley that, you know – that Oklahoma offense is going to be nasty this year, too. Mm-hmm. I look at it that way. I, I generally look yeah. at Oklahoma as a title contender this year. Oh, yeah. Um, but, Absolutely. You know, I, I think I think Beamer's going to take away some key things from Oklahoma, and, and I think he will instill it down there in Columbia. So, mm. you're looking forward to that, though. But we're going to transition into something else here. We're going to do the 2021 Gamecock schedule. And I'm going to stop my camera here so that we can make this work here. Well, there we go. Let me see what I got here. Where did it go? <clears throat> I am stuck. Can you do me a favor and turn off your camera real fast? I want to see. If yeah, I got you. Here. Yeah, I got you. Uh, let's see. Oh, okay, gotcha. All right, there we go. So obviously, we're looking at the schedule here for the Gamecocks. I want to kind of do a, 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 a early, way too early kind of prediction here, mm. and we'll go. We'll we'll go. Uh, we'll go four games at a time. Yeah. Um, so across the so this schedule, obviously, for anybody that's paying attention. It's going from left to right here. Mm. Uh, if you're hearing it, I'll read it out to you. Yeah. Uh, first game. Uh, Eastern Illinois, and then you go to Greenville for East Carolina, <clears throat> down between the hedges, uh, and then you go home against Kentucky. Mm. You know, looking at this, these first four games, I think, in my prediction, I think you go two and two. I, obviously, mm. I think you beat Eastern Illinois, and I think you beat East Carolina. Um, looking at Georgia, though, the I just think there's too much of a power gap there. Uh, mm. Not, and I'm not trying to sound. Obviously, I'm a Georgia fan, but I'm just trying to be as realistic as possible. Um, you know, last year you take into context, you know, what we were able to do in, in the run game. Um, mm. I, I see that being a little bit different, though. I think mm. Birch and Pickens are going to make it harder for us to do that. But then you look at Kentucky. Kentucky, I look at Kentucky as a super strong defensive team. Mm. And I don't know how the offense with Luke Doty and things like that, if they're going to be able to to score enough on Kentucky. And I don't mm. know if Kentucky's offense can score enough, but their defense can hold teams out of the end zone. Mm. So my prediction is two and two, and I want to get your feel for what you think out of these first four games would be. Yeah, and I'll tell you, Rob, you don't have to sugarcoat it with me when it comes to the, to the uh, Georgia game. I promise I, I don't take it personally. But, uh, no, I, listen, I, I think Eastern Illinois first game is a win, certainly. That's going to be an awesome day at Williams-Brice Stadium, you know, the true beginning of the Shane Beamer era. Week two, and it's, it's funny, you're putting me on the spot because I, I gave my way too early predictions as well um, way back in December, like right after the season ended. And I had the Gamecocks at 6-6, six and six, so, we'll, so we'll see how, how true okay. I am still to that prediction. I, I'll actually give my official predictions for the season – probably the week of SEC media days. I'll, I'll lock it in at that point. Yeah. But I think Eastern Illinois definitely is a win. At East Carolina, I'll tell you this, Rob, this this might be, to me, the key game of the season. Because you look at at, at ECU, and most teams wouldn't be worried about this one. And do I think South Carolina is going to lose the football game? No, I do not. But going to Greenville, ECU, as we all know, has a solid football program. It's just simply one you cannot lose, right? Like, if you're going to have a solid, successful 2021 football season, you can't lose this one. Do not sleep on the Pirates. Weird things happen in Greenville. With that being said, I do think you'll win the game. I think you start off 2-0. The game week three at Georgia, like you said, man, just call it for what it is. Shane Beamer's first year. It wouldn't matter if it was his fifth year. Georgia is head and shoulders above everybody else in the SEC East. They're, they're without a doubt the East favorite. For a lot of people, they're the SEC favorite, and they're they're a college football fa- college football playoff favorite. So, you know, 
I think South Carolina, will it be a typical South Carolina-Georgia game, a battle for at least a few quarters, sure, but Georgia's going to win that football game. There's no question in my mind, and and I, I think the dogs will be locked in, ready to go. So I think South Carolina falls there to two and one. And then here's the interesting thing with that Kentucky game week four, because I, I think South Carolina, you know, to fans go through the schedule and we predict, oh, win-loss, 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 whatever. To think that South Carolina's season is going to be that predictable and that typical like when does it ever happen that way I mean when does college football ever play out to where exactly especially for South Carolina team that wins one they shouldn't loses one they shouldn't it seems like every single year so I'll go ahead and tell you this I think out of Kentucky and Auburn which that Auburn game is going to have a ton on the line for South Carolina in the sense of you know Mike Bobo left to be the OC there and and, uh, you know, Coach Rocker left to, you know, go Auburn as well. And there, there's just a lot of bad feelings with South Carolina and Auburn right now. And that game's at home the week before Clemson. So I think South Carolina is going to split those two games. So I honestly, I, I'm on the fence about Kentucky because I do agree with you. They're a solid football team. And, and I think they're a team that, you know, is going to be really strong defensively. Mark Stoops done a great job building that program up. But I think that's one you should expect to win, especially at home. If you want to be taken seriously as a football program, you just simply have to beat Kentucky. So I'm going to say right now that South Carolina beats Kentucky, starts in that first four-game stretch, three and one. Again, it would not shock me at all if they lost to Kentucky. Like you said, Kentucky's a good team, but I think they'll split out of Kentucky and Auburn. And right now, I'll give the nod to Auburn. I'll give the, the nod to the Gamecocks beating Kentucky. So again, I think they're three and one through four games. You know, and honestly, with you know, depending on how things go, obviously a first year coach, you know, anything can happen. So obviously, right. way way too early. I'm not gonna I'm gonna knock it. And the reason you were talking about Georgia, I don't forget about 2019. So yeah, <laughs> and, and, and yeah. Honestly, I don't I don't think the dogs are gonna sleepwalk through a game with South Carolina anytime soon after that one. Let's well, put it I that look, way. I look and obviously me as a fan, I try to not over. Obviously, I don't play the game, but I don't right. When, when I come to talking about teams, I don't overlook anybody because we saw what happened with Tennessee. We saw what happened mm-hmm. with Florida and Georgia Southern. Like, stuff like that happens. And, by God, you let Georgia that, oh, my goodness, the media would go berserk if something like that happened. So, you know, for me, I always try to keep that, like, cautious optimism. But mm-hmm. um, but I could, I could honestly see your 3-1, and one, especially with Kentucky losing Terry Wilson. I just don't know if Jay, uh, Gatewood can – be the guy yeah so i mean i can see the two and two or three and one so we're pretty close there uh so moving on to the next four you play home uh against troy and then you go to tenant you go to nayland stadium and then home again against vanderbilt and then you go to texas a&m uh this one i've got you at three and one so you would Mm. for me you'd be five and two Mm. no sorry five and three sorry my fault Mm. Uh, so you'd be five and three based off of my predictions i think troy uh, you know, Troy's a good team. I, I, I know I've seen them play. Uh, Troy's a good team, but I just think that South Carolina can overmatch them right. and win the game. Mm. Uh, you look at Tennessee and Vanderbilt. I'm going to be honest here. We're both SEC t- uh, East teams here, mm. and we follow these guys. Right. Tennessee is in a dumpster fire of a situation right now. Mm. Uh, Vanderbilt, I don't even I don't even think they deserve to be in the SEC East. They're just there for academics. Um, I know those are kind of hot takes there, but right. I mean, that's just how I feel sometimes. So I look at those three wins right there. And Texas A&M, even though they lost Kellen Mond, yeah. Haynes King is going to be a good, I would say, a good replacement. I, 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 don't, right. I haven't seen enough of him yet, obviously. Mm-hmm. But I think, you know, and <clears throat> let's be honest, Kyle, Kyle Field is, is a hard place to play. Mm-hmm. Um, so I could see that. Like I said, I see three and one, and you're looking at five and three. Uh, going into the back third of the uh, the season. Mm. Yeah. So for the second slate or the second set of four games, it's funny. I'm going to backtrack first. I, I am going to put Kentucky as an L. Because, again, I'm going through this in my head, and I'm like, this is not going to go as easy as I think it's going to go. So I'll say this. They're going to start two and two because here's the thing. You look at the first, what, six games, and fans are talking about – or seven games. You're saying, you know, because – yeah, first seven games, and because I, I agree with you, they're going to beat Troy. I think they're going to beat Tennessee, who's a dumpster fire, even though it's in Knoxville, and that's been a house of horrors for South Carolina. They're going to beat Vandy. There's no way South Carolina starting six and one. Just no way. I, I, I'm sorry. I mean, I, I and I'm a biggest as big a fan as anybody, but there's just no way 
this team will start 6-1. and And that front half of the schedule, it is extremely favorable for South Carolina. You look at I mean, even if you start 5-2, and two, man, the vibes and the overall just morale, it's going to be insane in Columbia. You might dip your toe in the top 25 at that point. No, but think- then – but then the second half is going to hit you. That gauntlet: A and M, Florida, Mizzou, if you Auburn, are Clemson. One, yeah, I think you you you're the the issue there is you know you, the way the last season ended for you. You know mm. where they rank you right now is is the key there. Yeah. Look, well, I, and I'm yeah. not even I'm not really even concerned about getting in the top twenty five. I'm just trying to make the point that like Columbia will be shaking. You know what I mean? Columbia is going to be buzzing if you start the season five and two or better. But it, it's mm-hmm. just. I, I don't think I think predicting this team to start six and one is I think it's a little bit irresponsible to be honest. Like I, there there are just holes on the roster. There are realistic problems. And again, these teams you're playing again, like Kentucky, even with Tennessee being a dumpster fire, man. By that point, what it's going to be week week six. I mean, you wonder does Tennessee have anything figured out at that point? Like I said, Knoxville's been a house of horrors for the Gamecocks. But I'll say this again: they beat Troy, they they beat Tennessee, they beat Vandy, but lose to A and M. I have absolutely no hope against A and M anymore. I think you've lost like seven in a row against them. The last two games have been blowouts. You're at their place until the Gamecocks beat Texas A and M. I'm picking that one as a loss every single year. So again, I, I hate to backtrack and 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 sound you know indecision, but again, like I said, you're putting me on the spot here. So I'm going to say you go two and two in the first four instead. And you that. go because, I mean, like I said, I, I think it almost makes more sense for South Carolina to pick this team to lose to Kentucky but beat Auburn. That's just something we would do. So I think you go two and two in the first four. I think you go three and one in the next. That would put you at what five and five and three. Five and three going into that last yeah. four games. Yep. So I mean, if we're on the consensus, we're at five and three right now. You're, you know, the, the good thing is this: you look at South Carolina, mm. and you know, if if this is the way it plays out, you're right there at the. Um, at the the uh, bowl berth, right? Yeah, right at bowl eligibility with four games left. Yep. <clears throat> so moving on to the last quarter, or not the quarter, but the last third of the uh, season, mm. you you bring in Florida, then you go to Como, and then you have the home games to finish the season. So you got Auburn and then Clemson. This is where you're. This is where it starts to really kind of, I wouldn't say just disintegrate, but it it becomes very <laughs> difficult. Right, right, for sure. Um, you know, so looking at this, I think Florida lost way too much to really be a true threat for a national title. Mm-hmm. Um, do I think they can be in the SEC East Hunt? Sure. Um, but I, I think Florida comes in and, and gives the uh, Gamecocks an L there. I think you go to Missouri. Missouri is a weird place to play. Yep. It's, a, it's a very weird place to play. Uh, and I talked about this before. Eli, uh, their new, you know, the coach uh, is going to be in the second year. Um I think this is a game that really gets you into bowl eligibility here. I think you t- I think you go to Missouri and you make that signature win and, and get Beamer uh, to go bowling pretty much. Yeah. Um, you know, do, and then moving on to Auburn and Clemson, you know, Auburn, I don't know how I feel with Harson there um, looking into, you know, Bo Nix. Bo Nix has been, uh, you know, kind of average to me from what I've seen, especially yeah. against us. It's just, you know. The, the thing there is, you know, with Harson there now, you know, you know it's kind of – we don't know what to expect with that. But, nonetheless, I think Auburn's defensively is just going to cause too many problems. So, I give mm. the Gamecocks an L there. And then Clemson, I hate to say this, but I don't see this being a game. Um, yeah. I, I think you have to give a complete L there. Um, so, you're so basically what well, you're six and six. Mm. And, honestly, for a first season with, you know, with Beamer there, that's actually really good. Just yeah, no, I, no I'd agree. I, I, I'd agree. I think, listen, making a bowl game in year one, that is the goal. And I think that's the expectation, but certainly that's the goal. And I think that spells a successful first season. You and I, again, are very similar. Um, I, I think the Gators, like you said, they lost a ton. Georgia's head and shoulders above everybody else in the SEC East, but Florida's still better than South Carolina. I will say, I do think the Florida game provides the best chance of a big upset this year for South Carolina. I, again, I believe that, you there. That game's, at, that game's at home. Like you said, Florida's lost a lot. And They're South Carolina has – go ahead. Florida's coming off the cocktail party as well. Keep that in mind. Yeah, and Florida's also – yeah, South, yeah you, catch them at a good, you catch them at a good time. And, and, and South Carolina, Florida's been a really competitive game the last couple of years. Like the Gamecocks, for whatever reason, have seemed to play Florida really close. I mean, last year's game could have been even closer if, if Will Muschamp and Mike Bobo knew what a two-minute offense was. But either way, 
Um, yeah. You know, the games have been really close, but I do think you dropped that one right now. I'll pick that as an L. At Missouri, like I told you, man, I think the Gamecocks split. Or I, I don't, actually, I don't think I told you this. I told you I think they split with Kentucky and Auburn. I think they're also going to split with Tennessee and Mizzou. I, I just think two road trips, like you said, Tennessee is a dumpster fire, but Knoxville has not been kind to South Carolina. And, and that South Carolina-Tennessee game, for whatever, I mean, it's always down to the wire, always close. Like I said, Knoxville's been a house of horrors. I'm nervous about that one. But then at Mizzou, and I think the Gamecocks do beat Tennessee, but at Mizzou, unfortunately, I do like what Eli Drinkwitz is building. And Columbia, Missouri, again, hasn't been a very very favorable place for us to play lately. I think South Carolina actually drops that one at Mizzou right now. I'm going to pick them to lose that one. But again, like I said, splitting Kentucky and Auburn, I think the next week with all the emotions, you know, the Mike Bobo thing at home the week before Clemson, South Carolina coming off of three straight losses, I think they will rebound. I think they'll upset, you know, call it an upset, whatever. But I think they will beat Auburn. Um, mm-hmm. to get that sixth win. I, I think they'll be desperate for and fighting for that sixth win, that bowl game win, if you want to punch bowl eligibility, to get to six and five. So I think they'll win that game to get to six and five, beat Auburn for the second straight year, by the way. Yeah. And then, yeah, like you said, the season finale against Clemson, man, I mean, at home. You know, I think Shane Beamer will get this rivalry back to respectability. I don't think this year's the year, though. At Clemson's no. just, Clem, it's, you know, it's and, 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 and Gamecock – and yeah, I mean, in Gamecock fans, you know, <clears throat> Gamecock fans hate to hear it. And I, listen, I hate to hear it. I hate it too. I mean, I'm, I'm a diehard Gamecock, and this rivalry has become flat out just uncompetitive. Call it for what it is. Is it more competitive than we? And that's really going to be the measure for Shane Beamer. Is it? Is it? Because under Will Muschamp, I mean, the games were just complete blowouts. I mean, they were over by halftime. Do we yeah. at least see South Carolina make Clemson work for it? You know, do we at least see South Carolina make this a competitive game? To some degree, you know what I mean. At least go down with a fight. We'll see. But to pick the Gamecocks to pull an upset would be would be just you know put having your garnet glasses on. I, I don't see it. So I, I, I'm I'm saying with you, man. I got the Gamecocks finishing up six and six. I know we've got them getting there a little bit differently, but I, I do think Shane Beamer will get to a bowl game in his first year. And again, I, I think either five and seven or six and six is probably the pick for this team in year one of Beamer. Again, you know. What's more like you know? What's more likely, seven and five or five and seven? I'd honestly probably lean to five and seven at this point because there's serious holes on the roster and and, and there's you know there's depth issues, there's things you got to fix. But certainly getting to a bowl game, I think, is a realistic expectation. I think with the talent on this team, now you've got to avoid injuries, you've got to avoid other things such as that. Because again, like I said, I think depth is the number one issue, and fans need to have patience because the, hey, the only way you fix depth, as you know, Rob. <clears throat> it's through recruiting. You, you got to go Absolutely. recruit. You got to go get ball players. So what I want to see in year one, Rob, the, the number one thing I want to see, I just want to see a well-coached football team. I, the record, honestly, I mean, you want to win games. You, you want to see it produce wins because that's how you build confidence and guys start to believe, hey, what we're doing here makes sense. It's working. We're seeing results. But I just want to see a well-coached football team. A team that's disciplined, a team that plays the game the right way, a team that is buying into the culture and the system and, you know, what these coaches are telling them. Because once you do that, once you have that ingredient, it's like, okay, now let's go get some big-time ball players. Because I don't give a damn who your coach is. If you don't have good players, you're not going to win games. Hey, players win games, coaches lose them, right? So, mm-hmm. um, you know, go get you some big-time ball players. But, again, I think getting to 6-6, six and six, that will be the goal. I think right now, like I said, you're putting me on the spot, but I think right now – you know, I've been saying six and six all off season. I'll lock in my picks second or third week of July. I feel like I'm going to be right at that six and six mark, maybe five and seven. You know, I'm really trying to not go into this season with any crazy expectations because, like I said, th- th- there's a lot of hype, there's a lot of buzz, there's a lot of momentum. That the, the, the morale is extremely high around Gamecock football right now, which is great and as it should be. But there's real issues on this roster. So. Um, and you play, like you said, you play a lot of really, really good teams. I mean, you think about it. Georgia's certainly going to be ranked. A&M's going to be ranked. Florida's going to probably be ranked. Mizzou might be ranked. Auburn might be ranked. Clemson's going to be ranked. So, I mean, that's six out of the 12 teams you play, you know. Oh, absolutely. <clears throat> but I, I definitely think getting getting the non-conference slate back with Eastern Illinois, East Carolina, and Troy, those are three games you should win. Vandy gives you four. You know, out of that, can you find two more wins out of Kentucky, Tennessee, Missouri and Auburn. If you can just go two and two in those, 
<clears throat> yeah, if you can just go two and two in those, I think that's very realistic, and I think that's something you can do. So six and six will be the goal. If you finished five and seven, I wouldn't be surprised. And hey, maybe if things break well, if Luke Doty turns into that dude, if if your running back tandem is going to be as good as advertised, and you can just find a couple of guys to step up on the outside and defensively, maybe if you can find a couple of dudes to play DB for you, I think the front seven will be good. Maybe seven and five. Maybe it happens. And that'll depend, obviously, on some of the teams you play and what type of seasons they have. And do they deal with injuries? Do they deal with adversity? Whatever. But somewhere in that five and seven, six and six range is where I think you'll see Gamecocks football end up this year. Yep. And, and kind of to your point here, I'm going to kind of go touch back on a few on the last uh, last uh, four games here that you were talking about. Obviously, before that, though, you know, obviously, you know, you look at we projected six and six here. Obviously, mm. these don't include injuries, things like that. This is just what we're seeing right now. Right, but right, right. Exactly. Yep, yep. I look at South Carolina football in this right here. First year with Beamer. I want to, you know, you're talking about here, here from just me looking from an outside looking in. I think what makes the most noise here is if you see that, uh, if you see the team play motivated and play hard all year. Mm-hmm. And I want to see, I want to see. I want to see Clemson become the rivalry that it used to be. I want to, even if it's not a close game, I want to see it tough, physical, kind of what Georgia, Georgia Tech is, something mm-hmm. like that. Um, I want yeah, to kind absolutely. Of, so you want to see that fight. I want to see the fight come in against Clemson. I want to see, you know, do things right there. And I think from a fan standpoint, from the Gamecocks, if you're a Gamecocks fan, obviously this is your dog fan speaking here. However, mm-hmm. I, I genuinely believe it gives South Carolina fans hope. Um, for, for the, you know, for the uh, era of Beamer, if you yeah. do that. So yeah. if you get close to a bowl game, like I said, five and five and seven, six and six, maybe even seven and five. Yeah. And, and fans and dude, back to your point, fans just want to see South going <clears> to <throat> compete in these big games. You know, that, that was the problem with the last regime, man. I mean, you were getting yeah. your doors blown off. You just, you can't show up and just be completely uncompetitive. You know, there are teams that, that aren't on the level of Georgia and Florida and Clemson, but, you know, they're showing up and that they're at least giving these teams fits. You know, they're at least competing mm-hmm. in these games. You know, that that's that's what you got to see. That's what you got to start to see more of is, you know, South kind of showing up <clears throat> in a big game against a team maybe they're not supposed to beat and mm-hmm. play up to their competition, play better than they're expecting. You know, that's what Steve Spurrier was able to do, man. You, yeah. you always felt like every Saturday, no matter the spread, no matter the opponent, hey, we have a chance. You know, we at least have a chance. And you got to get back to that, man, because it really reached a point last year with Muschamp where – just pure apathy set in, and, and fans yeah, stopped getting pure, excited for game day. And lost. yeah, and when and when you get to that point, that's a bad spot to be in. So again, I, I think that uh, South Carolina will get back to that again. I think it's going to be a fun season, and like I said, I, I think getting to six and six, getting to a bowl game, if you can do that, I think that's a very very successful year one for Shane Beamer and something you can build off of. Yep, and, and, and to your point here, you were talking about the biggest upset potentially being Florida, and I'm going to back you on that claim, and here's why. I believe with the state of Florida right now, at least from what I'm seeing it, and I'd love to talk to a Florida Florida Gator fan or insider or whatever you want. I'd love to talk to them to kind of get a a, a more genuine feel here. But from what I'm feeling, I don't – they lost so much offensive firepower. And, Mm. you know, they brought their defensive, you know, players back. But their defense was, in my opinion, Swiss cheese at best. (laughs) So you look at that, and and from an offensive standpoint, I said it before, Pickens – Birch, mm. you know, your your front seven on the defense is going to cause problems. And I yeah. think the key to that upset would be to cause Emory Jones or whoever the quarterback calls mm. them enough fits. Yeah. And if you can do that and just keep yourself in the game, kind of similar to what happened with Georgia in 2019, you keep it close, but you know what I mean? You sit mm. there, you yeah. give the fits and force turnovers. I think it can be done. It, it might not be as far of a stretch to say that it could be a, it could be the upset of the year. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But and it's it's funny again. We're talking about that though. Like let's, let's say you upset Florida. Like it wouldn't shock me. Like if you lost Tennessee. Yeah. Like with South Carolina football, man, it's it's just gonna be I all over exactly the. I, and, mean, I, and I guess and I guess you know what? Me saying that that is the mindset and mentality Shane Beamer is trying to break out of Gamecocks. I I, I think that's what he's fighting. You know what I mean? Cha- mm-hmm. That's kind of part of changing the culture because with Spurrier, we got to a point where that wasn't okay anymore. You know, it's not okay to lose a game you shouldn't lose. You should win them. You know what I mean? And, Hey, that's how Georgia fans think. That's how Clemson fans think. It's not this laughing it off like, oh, we're, you know, we'll we'll, we'll lose to Pitt this year. Or Georgia saying like, oh, we'll, we'll lose to Missouri. It's like, no, you shouldn't lose that game. You absolutely shouldn't. And if you do, there's going to be hell to pay. So that's what Shane Beamer's kind of fighting, if you will. But, I, you know, I, I make the joke because we've just seen it the last three, four, five years, whatever, under, like I said, the uh, the previous regime. But, uh, no, it's uh, – 
yeah, I, I, again, I, I, I think you could jump, you could, you could put all those games in a blender, mix it up. You could put them in a cam, shake them up. I think you're going to get six and six, five and seven, no matter what. Like, I think there's some, you can, you can, we could pull many combinations of wins and losses, which teams you beat and which ones you lose to. I think five and seven or six and six is probably where this team will land, no matter what. And honestly, looking at that, though, and, and you know, from a Georgia perspective, five and seven, you're, you're wanting to basically pitchfork and, you know, right, right, right. I mean, two, yeah. I mean, listen, two, two different programs, two different sets of expectations. I mean, two different, you know, two different universes right now. So, I mean, you Absolutely. definitely, yeah, you definitely can't compare and contrast. But you know, just like I said, from the South kind of side of things, that's that's kind of what you're looking to shake and what you're looking to build to is. I, I think, listen, I think South Carolina. I think if you talk to any Gamecock fan, reasonable Gamecock fan, and this is just, you know, I don't want to speak for everybody, but this is just me. Nobody is asking Shane Beamer or any coach for that matter to turn South Carolina into a college football playoff team every single year. No, nobody's saying that. What I think what I think are realistic expectations for the South Carolina football program are kind of like what you see from like a Michigan State, where you're an av- on average eight to nine win program a year, and maybe every – Three or four years, you know, either you got the right schedule, you got the right quarterback, you've got the right team as a whole, whatever. You know, you got a, a senior heavy team, whatever it is. But every three to four years, you realistically challenge, you push Georgia, you push Florida to get to Atlanta and, and, and compete for an SEC title. I think that's very realistic for the Gamecocks. Like, I, and I think that should be, that should become the standard. You know what I mean? Like, it should never be okay to miss a bowl game. And I'd say that right now. I don't give a damn Especially for what's happening. Yeah, when you have all the resources and the facilities and the fan support and you're in the best conference and, you know, you have the recruiting base you have, you've recruited to the clip that you have, there's no excuse not to do what I just mentioned. But I, I think realistically, South Carolina, if they can build themselves into, which I think it's realistic, I think they can, but if they can build themselves into an eight to nine win a year program, and like I said, every two to three, maybe four years, you're realistically challenging. And I mean, South Carolina's beaten Georgia when they've been terrible. So to act like they couldn't yeah. do it, you know what I mean? Like, and that's always a competitive game. It's, you know, I know mm-hmm. Georgia has mu- very much so has the upper hand in the series, but, you know, I, I, I had a buddy tell me, you know, South Carolina is like that gnat in Georgia's side that just won't go away, which, no, you, fine. I mean, it is what right. it is. He's not yeah. wrong by means. Yeah, it is what it is. What it is. That, we'll, we'll take it, whatever. But I, I think you can build the program into that. No, Nobody's asking Shane Beamer, like I said, to do what Spurrier did even and win, and win 11 games three years in a row. Nobody's asking – him to do that but like I said if you can get to that eight nine win a year mark consistently and then every couple years just give yourself a shot at Atlanta I mean I think that would be I I think that would be amazing for the Gamecocks football program and then once you get to that point hey then you start figuring out how do we get to the next level that's kind of what Clemson did you know what I mean like you got to start somewhere and got to start building so before I mean let's be honest here before Dabo there it was kind of a they were very much a six-seven win program. I mean, that's that's how I've that's what's so crazy now is I still see them that way, and I'm like, I just can't believe what's going on. But you know, Dabo kind of did what Spurrier did, but just kept it going in the sense that like he made Clemson the sexy spot, man. He just yeah. did. Kids want to go where it's fun, where they're winning games, where they're getting rings. I mean, where they're in the national spotlight, they're ranked. Like guys are going to the league. He made it that attractive spot. I mean, Georgia's the same way. You know, it's SEC bias. It's though. hey, you know, kids are kids are growing up saying, "Man, it, it looks pretty fun to be a dog." You know, it looks pretty fun to go to Clemson. Like, man, I can go play. I can go win. I can, you know, because I mean, coaches are selling it. Hey, man, you come here and you ball out. You're gonna go to the league. I mean, there's no question. You're gonna be a dude. You know, you so just gotta wait your turn. Almost. Right, right, for sure. But you know, even you know, I saw the clip like Saban. I don't. I think that was the clip that wasn't supposed to come out or whatever. But yeah. I mean, dude, he made the point where he's like, yeah, people that are telling you that, they're insulting your ability, that you couldn't come in and, and win a job and, and play. And So, I mean, you know, kids kids go to schools for different reasons. Obviously, you're a huge recruiting guy. I'll be honest, I'm not as much diehard recruiting just, just because it's hard for me to get really invested in, like, what a 16-year-old is thinking. Like, you know, like it's just – it's so far off, and kids flip-flop, and it doesn't really, in my opinion, mean a damn thing until they put pen to paper because they can change their – their mind so much, oh, no, but of course, yeah. no, that's, I that's, say that's that. But recruiting's the lifeblood of college football. I mean, anybody that doesn't admit that's just an idiot. So I definitely admit that. But I, you know, kids choose schools for different reasons. You know, some guys are going to come to South Carolina because hey, I can play right away. Some guys don't give a damn about that. They're like, bro, I want to go win. I don't, I don't care if I don't play till I'm a senior. You know, yep. I'm down to sit the bench and get a ring. You know, so 
it, it, it just depends. It just depends. And you just got to find the right, you know, this is for every school. You just got to find the right guys to fit, you know, your vision and what you're trying to build and your, your culture and, you know, and all those, those, those fancy coach terminology words. But, uh, now I'm excited, man. Like I said, it, it's after not having spring ball last year and, and the season being so really crazy as it was last year to have a, to have this season upcoming and to have the spring game on Sunday, I, I'm, I'm most certainly looking forward to it. Yeah, I know. I'll be watching. Uh, I'll be watching it. Or, um, tell everybody for if anybody's curious on watching it, where can they find it? As far as the the content. Well, no, as far as the, the spring game. Oh, the spring game. So it's on SEC Network Plus. Yeah, 2 o'clock kickoff, SEC Network Plus uh, this Sunday. So, Or if yep. you're in Columbia, you want to come to Williams-Bryce Stadium and buy a ticket for $5, I, I guess you're more than welcome to. But, yeah, SEC yeah. Network Plus, 2 o'clock kickoff on Sunday. Got moved back because of the uh, the rain in Columbia tomorrow. So, so just just, an, uh, just a note, uh, obviously, Georgia's G-Day was uh, on SEC Network Plus. Keep in mind, if you're trying to watch that uh, Network Plus, uh, you do need an ESPN subscription there, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. Um, so you would log in and then it would be within, it would be in the channels there. Um, it can kind of be difficult, but, um, mm. if need to, if, if you're interested, reach out to me, reach out to Chris, uh, mm. and yep. we'll be able to kind of walk you through how to get to it. Uh, speaking of that, Chris, if people want to reach out to you, man, uh, how can they find you? Yeah. So the Spurs up show, we're on social media, basically all social media platforms at the Spurs up show. Pretty simple. Also our website, the Spurs up show.com. Um, the podcast, which we post every single day, Monday through Friday, comes out on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, uh, wherever you get your podcast, you're going to find it there. Also, we're on YouTube, the Spurs Up Show, like I said, all social media. Uh, we've also got a store. We sell merch, tsus.store. Again, I don't think there'd be any, don't think there'd be any Georgia fans that'd be interested in that. But if you just want to check it out, uh, tsus.store, we get really creative with it and have a good time with that. But yeah, man, just Basically, all over the internet, man. The SpursUpShow.com, the Spurs Up Show on social media. Hey, we're even on TikTok. We're all over the place, man. So, uh, and I'm, I'm on social media at CPhilly19 on my personal handles, but the Spurs Up Show is where you can find all the content again across social media at the Spurs Up Show. And then all of where you listen to your podcast, you'll find it there as well. So, thank you, sir. Um, if I'm not mistaken, I'm going to, I got to, so I go through the seven, six apparel and stuff like that. They don't have, Gamecock stuff, but they do have SEC stuff. So if you're mm. a Georgia fan, I'm gonna give them a shout out as well. Since we brought up the merch, um, the76.com, great company. Um, just say I love it. They have Braves. You, you're a Braves fan. Oh yeah, amazing line of um, a nice Atlanta collection there. Uh, obviously, they got Georgia collection stuff like that. So you give them a shout out as well. Uh, Chris, man, I, look, it's been a blast. I've had a great time sitting here for actually going on an hour. Howard does it. Don't feel like it, but uh, thanks again for coming on the show, man. Uh, whenever you want to come back on, you just let me know. We'll make it happen. Yeah, I appreciate the opportunity, man. Thanks so much. It's always fun talking college football, and like I said, it's it's great to see Gamecocks and Bulldogs getting along at least at least in the off season, if nothing else. Well, no, you're, you're right. You're right. <laughs> and I, and obviously when we play Clemson. That's yes, yes, yes. I, it's funny, man. I, growing up in North Augusta, South Carolina, right on the border, I. It used to be like I, I I'll be honest, I used to hate Georgia and Clemson about the same. But since Clemson started winning, they are just I mean, they're just insufferable, man. So I, I you know, as much as I as much as I may dislike Georgia, I hope Georgia beats the absolute shit out of Clemson. I mean, <laughs> I'll yeah, be honest with you, bro. At least shut them at least shut them up for a few weeks. We'd appreciate it. Well, at least for a week. Uh, you know, at least for on one week. Yeah. At least for a week and then they can go play Wake Forest in their annual scrimmage and beat them sixty to zero. I mean, you know, SEC bias, you know, the, basically SEC, uh, ACC spring games every week. Yeah, basically. The spring game is every week for Clemson. So. <laughs> All right, Chris. Hey, man, like I said, it's been a pleasure, and uh, I'll catch you around, all right? I appreciate it, man. Thanks so much. Not a problem. All right, guys. That is all for today. Hope you had a good time listening in. Uh, obviously, you can sit here. If you want to follow the show, check out the website. Uh, damngooddogcast.com check it out you can find all your platforms you can find links to your platforms find links to youtube Uh, if you're on youtube like subscribe do what you got to do there Uh, make sure you follow Uh, if you have any questions comments concerns suggestions uh, reach out to the uh, website as well you can leave your information there let me know what you think all right and on that note guys i am going to call it a wrap so like i said sunday if you want to watch the uh, the uh, South Carolina spring game, all means SEC Network Plus two o'clock. And on that night, uh, on that note, go dogs.
Ever since I started podcasting, I've used Buzzsprout, and let me tell you this, you cannot go wrong with Buzzsprout. The team at Buzzsprout is passionate about helping you succeed. One of the hardest things about creating and starting your own podcast is not knowing what to do. Buzzsprout, it's super easy. You, They will help you out in regards to what to do. Buzzsprout will get your show listed in every major podcast platform. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, you name it. Podcasting isn't hard when you have the right partners. And Buzzsprout is the best partner you could imagine. Uh, you'll get a great looking podcast website. Audio players that you can drop into your other websites. Detailed analytics to see how people are listening. Uh, and other tools to promote your episodes. And there's a lot more than just that. Join over 100,000 podcasters already using Buzzsprout to get your message out to the world. Follow the link in the show notes and let Buzzsprout know that we sent you. Get you a $20 Amazon gift card if you sign up for the paid plan. And it helps support our show. 